0: What? My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll
2: be
3: waiting for you.
2: Meanwhile, in New Jersey...
3: So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people... Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze?
0: My gaze at the
3: male's? hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app.
2: Hey Geekscapist, Jonathan the Podfather here, and when I first started Geekscape back in 2006, it was just a podcast, but then it grew into a podcast network and a community, and the whole plan was to turn it into a production company so we could make cool films and TV ideas and all sorts of stuff for you guys. We'll always be doing the podcast, but right now I want to let you guys know that we're running a Seed and Spark campaign for one of our first original productions. And this is a co production with Dweeb Darlings and Fonco Studios called Stocking LeVar. It's a continuation of the web series Stocking LeVar. If you go online, go to YouTube or DweebDarlings.com and look for Stocking LeVar, and you guys will find a pretty fun two seasons of this show. We're going to make a short film out of it, but we're going to need your help. So go to Seed and Spark.com search "stocking LeVar, as in LeVar Burton, and you'll find our project. Listen, if you can't donate, it's okay. Just follow and share. That'll help us out a whole lot. And then if you can donate, as some of your fellow Geekscapers have, we'd appreciate that too. The campaign's going to be running for a while, so I really, really appreciate you guys checking it out, and enjoy the rest of this show.
4: Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week, we are discussing the first movie that Brian has ever picked for the show. (laughs) So, you know how Stephen King would sue people for putting his name on the front of a movie that was less than good quality? Turns out Clive Barker doesn't have the same type (laughs) of attitude. Because he was very proud to display Clive Barker above The Plague from 2006. Hey, Brian, how about you explain to us, you know this is your big first pick what (laughs) what deep thought process went into really trying to impress your co-hosts here
5: so um i looked at my dvd collection and i found the plague four years ago um and i never watched it i found it at goodwill i spent like two dollars on it i said oh that's an excuse to watch it and boy i was not disappointed (laughs) it was a great time um (laughs) So, pretty much what they did was they they took Children of the Corn, um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and Dawn of the Dead. They sprinkled a little bit of Die Hard in there. Um, They added Dawson's Creek and Chad Kroger's Alcoholic Stunt Double, mixed them all together, and then they kind of... Put it like a strainer in there to let all the good seep <laughs> out, and then poof, we had a movie, and I had fun watching this.
4: One. I watched this shit in widescreen because I didn't want to miss a single glorious moment. If it was in standard vision and it cut off on the edges, yeah, uh,
5: I didn't care to know their names, so they will be referred to as Dawson, Joey, <laughs> and Chad Kroger.
4: <laughs> um, man. Right out the gate, the most dullest dirt title sequence I've ever seen. Oh man, it's just Comic Sans on a blackboard.
1: Actually, my note <laughs> is: um, <laughs> uh, uh, this title font is some
4: shit.com. Yeah. <laughs> <is> one <laughs> step away from just displaying it in Wingdings and let us figure out later, <laughs> dude. It's if it if so it was bad. if it was re- uh, if it realized
1: how shitty it was and decided to go with Wingdings, we'd be good. That would be good. <laughs> See, you guys
4: were pretty angry at me for picking this. Yeah, still yeah. am. I, yeah, I'm not happy. <laughs> with yet. the exception of James Vanderbeek, I'm positive most of this cast was just from the local community theater.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and James Vanderbeek was like, "I need to method act how to be as bad as the rest of the <laughs> people in it, because yeah, I mean... know that he acts better than this. Yeah. I've seen Varsity Blues." <gasps> so
5: yeah. every movie you guys have picked this month, there's just been a random synchronized dance scene, and and when they upped the ante, it was a. Random synchronized children seizure scene where oh, thirty God, so bad. had a seizure in succession. It was beautiful.
4: Yeah, but it you is over it? there's there's a <laughs> handful of moments that I will actually say like I have a couple notes where I was like, all right, I'll give it this like. <laughs> There's, like, one or two moments where I'm like, all right, that was a well-shot scene. Like, that was a, a well-placed scene. But for the most part, this movie was bad. Like, I would say this is, like, bottom five of the almost 160 episodes that we've done for me. I
5: well, don't know. I started with Arcade, and I don't think it was <laughs> Arcade.
1: <laughs> At least Arcade was so bombastic. And this is just... It's the really movie... vanilla. Yeah, yeah. What you're missing in your... I will give you that your presentation of what this movie is is solid. It make it actually sells what the movie is more than the actual movie is, and so I'm angry with you for that because you're going to be like, "Yeah, I should spend three dollars and watch this shit." Um, so, so wait, 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 wait. I have to say though that that um, th- this movie is missing the the reference that I had for it, which is Left Behind. You remember that Christian yeah, apocalypse yeah. series?
4: This is Left Behind. Yeah. It's so it's so the basic premise, because there's not much of a plot. You can just run through the, it, plot so the plots fast. the plots in one sentence. Uh all the children under the age of nine go into a catatonic state uh and every twice a day they get a bad case of the jitterbugs and then <laughs>
1: after, That's how they stay that's how their bodies are like. You know how in Halloween they're like uh, Halloween Four, they're like, he's been catatonic, he's been comatose for 15 years or 10 years, whatever it is. Hey, his muscles would be completely useless. And then, um, Dr. Limbs is like, you know, like he was doing very well last night, you know, that, <laughs> that, that whole thing. Uh, it's like that's how they stay yeah, able the seizures to use it. Yeah, yeah, they get swole. Oh, that's what
5: wh- I was really upset that they didn't have like a, a- Willy Wonka and the Charlie... Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with his grandpa getting out of bed for
4: the first time. <laughs> Willy ride. Wonka and the Charlie <laughs> Factory would have been a really upsetting movie. Yeah. We're just
1: going <laughs> to mix these two together. Well, actually, instead of the grandpa dying... Um, wait, no. Who died in Willy Wonka? Every Wilder. Every child. <laughs> yeah Yeah, <laughs> well, that's after. But no, if, the, if, if instead in the original book, if it's not like the almost dead grandpa, Charlie dies. And then the grandpa goes to... To Mr. Wonka and is like make me a new grandson. Ooh, I like that. I watched that one and never been
5: kissed style. He's he dressed as a child.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, well, is that is that not another teen movie when
4: there's the old lady? Yeah. Who's yeah. yeah, God,
1: what an underrated movie. Oh no, wasn't I just quoting that shit in the the group chat with you guys? I'm like, sure you
4: quote a lot of things well, I, in the group chat. It's hard to keep
1: up with all oh, the reference man, points. Um, the the woman who's the like. um She's on the the L word and and she's like proto um Allison Bree, dark hair, blue eyes, super hot. Um she's the the mean girl that's supposed to be like the the sister. The sister because the, the cruel intentions, intentions reference. Yeah. And she goes up to Captain America because Captain America's in that movie and she's yes, like is. <laughs> um why is it that whenever I tell a guy I can put wherever he, at, wherever he wants, he puts it in my ass, and he's like, "Oh, that is way too much information." And the black dude's like, "Shit." She goes, "Oh no, Jake. Too much information would be if I told you that after they were done, I took a huge dump." And then she gets up real close and she goes, "On their chest." <laughs> <laughs> and that was. I, I'm pretty positive that was to both of you, not just you. <laughs> But yeah, I fucking love not another teen movie, and I'm glad that we got a chance to talk about it there now. <laughs> so,
4: so yeah, they after ten years they wake up from their catatonic state, and is it ten years or is it five? Ten years. Oh, because they're like supposed to be eighteen. It's nineteen. So it's weird. It's it's nineteen eighty three at the start of the movie. And then it jumps 10 years. So the whole movie is supposed to take place in 1993, which is, like, really Does weird. Does that explain why they have really no shitty clothes? Yeah. Like, you no cell phones and really shitty clothes? Yeah, because this movie was 2006? Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, that's weird. Um, but yeah, so now they come back in there. It's basically the Brood. That's what it is. They no, come back and no, like kill okay. their children. The
1: Brood is way more fun because first of all, that's Cronenberg doing actual horror, and the Brood is on my list. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be completely honest with you. I listened to Shockwaves 100, and um, I think Becca was the one who's championing the Brood, and I was like, Yeah, I'll rewatch that for the yeah. podcast. Like, I, I it was between that and and um, if I was going to do a Cronenberg, it'd be that or. Uh, Oh, not shiver. Is it shivers? What's the shivers? Is his first. Yeah, movie. and it's like not. I've great, never. But it's seen the it sex, yet. the sex STD, the STD that makes you want to yeah, yeah. kill people or whatever. But um, yeah, like I don't really want to revisit that. But <laughs> the brood is 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 kind of bombastic, but it's also kind of entertaining. So we could we could get a good episode out of that. We'll so you know, we can like, see see what happens in 2020. I got way more than like I got. 2 years when, before that's yeah, even gonna one
4: happen. of my one of my notes early on in this movie was, <laughs> What's wrong with my baby Well it's kind of mean but I wrote if that fat blonde child grows up to become James Vanderbeek I'm done with this movie I did not know <laughs> what's going on I was like there's no way there's no way that this kid's going to be in a coma for 10 years and wake up as James Vanderbeek that's just not <laughs> James fair James Vanderbeek with his long hair face this was the
1: long hair face So wait, wait, when but was the last
4: the, Here's the thing that's weird to me with James Vanderbeek and let me pitch this to you guys he has been in jail for, for however many years. Oh, his character, movie. not reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His <laughs> character in this movie has been in jail for however many years. So everything that's happening is like brand new information to him. And I feel like if this is a worldwide thing, that that information would have gotten into jail. Wasn't yeah. <laughs> What's
5: new no information?
4: You, He's like, what's the seizure shit? And they're like, oh, it happens uh, every two days. Like, he had no clue what's going on. It's because he was like, Mr. Exposition. It's yeah, like, yeah.
1: The, oh, let's. Th- th- they took half of a semester of how to make a movie, and they're like, oh, you're supposed to say it instead of. Sh-, or they're supposed to show it instead of say it. But then they kind of miss the part where. You're not supposed to say it and show it. Yeah, it's like yeah. let's just cover our bases. Yeah, let's explain. He's yeah. confused. <laughs> <laughs> I love the part where
4: their fe- the, the 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 dad from the beginning is that his uncle? I guess I the all of the relationships in this movie were completely lost on me, except for the yeah. fact that Burgers he's related
1: like related to Joey. That's
4: all I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, and 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 the the
1: the survivor girl sort of is his ex wife or yeah. estranged yeah. wife, estranged, yeah. but um and so so um he gets out of jail 10 years on and he comes back to this this childhood home or whatever and sees his cousin i think who is the chubby kid from the beginning yeah and um and he's like Ugh. and they, all they've done like
4: this movie is shoestring budget to the max yeah dude i wrote something about the blood in this movie uh i said in 1987 Clive Barker made Hellraiser With some of the most stomach-churning gore I've ever seen in my life, and in 2006 he has red paint. (laughs) Yeah, he has a can of red for the entire movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is Halloween two level bad paint, like bad like paint looking um, blood. But um, so he comes and he sees the kid, and all the kids are is they have some like uh, some some powder on their face. Yeah, they look like
5: Dawn of the Dead. Like, yeah,
4: like really bad yeah. not like, we don't even give yeah. them Dawn the ones of the Dead in the song. background of Dawn of yeah. the Dead where they were like let's keep them in the back and yeah, keep the guys with the purple just, and they blue put some in the front. Like, they put <laughs> yeah. some
1: rouge and some dark around his eyes and that's it
4: it looks it, like of like a fucking 1920s like <laughs> uh Dr. Cavanaugh, yeah, Cabinet, Dr. Caligari. Yeah like that's what it looks like it, yeah. it looks like a gothic films from that time. Yeah, but not good. German expressionism. It's German expressionism makeup in 2006. I mean, Van Der Beek, I guess. So, so
1: this, (laughs) so this guy, he's feeding his son oatmeal, right? And I'm like, David (laughs) Wendt, surprise. Uh, So so he's feeding the kid and explaining like more shit that we don't even need to know. And, they want me to believe that the dad reads the entire Grapes of Wrath in a night. Yeah. No. Yes. Cause that Grapes of Wrath is maximum 200 pages. No.
4: Right? And Grapes of Mice grape, of Men. Gra- totally. It's like 98 pages. Yeah, but Grapes, like, of, grapes Wrath of Wrath is, like is like 700 pages. I, I, I'm pretty sure that Grapes of Wrath is a big book. And it so is they're a like, big, I tried to read it. It's, an, and it's not, it ain't a page turner. No, no, you don't <laughs> read that in a night and you're like, huh? And I, I so I get what they're the, the opening of Ladybird, they're listening to it on a book on tape and they said it took them fourteen hours. <laughs> if it takes fourteen hours to listen to someone read it to you It's gonna
1: take at least longer than that to like... read the shit. Yeah, because you gotta take breaks and everything, but like I can you guys explain to me, it's been a while since, I, I I understand The Grapes of Wrath,
4: but it's supposed to be about the Dust Bowl, right? No idea. I th- I know it takes place in the Great Depression, and I believe yes. It's the I, Dust like Bowl I said, and I it's I never about- finished, all, all I remember about it is that I tried to read it because I really loved Of Mice and Men, so I'm like, oh, let me read the other like infamous Steinbeck. Steinbeck, but, yeah. Uh, and I was like, this is really boring. And all I remember is that I then watched the movie, and it's got that whole, like, wherever blah, 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 we'll be there. Like that whole speech is that's in the, it. Yeah, but that's the, yeah, that's the, the like, takeaway. I remember nothing. And I feel yeah. bad. I feel so uncultured that I know nothing Listen, about this Like we have all read novel. a lot of books. I mean, yeah. some of us, Brian,
1: have read a lot of books about serial killers. And I've read a lot of Animorphs. <laughs>
4: and Goosebumps. <laughs> all of the <laughs> Goosebumps.
1: Two, yeah, I'm on my second round through Goosebumps. Uh, you know, and I, I've read a lot of fucking Stephen King. I read a lot of Dean Koontz if we're talking about embarrassing shit that you've read. I
4: brought Cell. I'm reading Cell right now.
1: Yeah, you're 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 giving him way too much credit for reading
4: anything after like Rose Matter. but yeah. okay. I'm trying to read all of the Stephen King. Yeah, books, which is going to be something that I can't complete until he dies because he puts <laughs> because out he like puts four out books, books a year. A year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. He's just uh, yeah. Props to Stephen King. for Every once in a while, they're good. Yeah, but that's <laughs> the thing is like
1: he's throwing shit at a wall now because he's just like I gotta write. Yeah, but um. What the fuck was he even talking about? I don't know. Oh, graves of breath. Breath. I don't understand what it's supposed to be. Some deep reference
4: because that's what I'm saying is that they're like it can't be the Bible. We can't have it be yeah. about the Bible. It's just as good as the Bible. Like it's borderline. It should just be Catcher in the Rye. That always <laughs> yeah. feels like it fits in in everything. Except that who, you can always of, man, be like, oh, James Vanderbeek's. Oh, I bet James Vanderbeek's supposed to be the Holden Caulfield in this story. Like, but
1: like he's not even charismatic. Like,
4: it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you're just like putting your finger <laughs> to my face, like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but anyway, there's supposed to be some sort of grand design between having grapes of wrath be this tome that has a double meaning, blah blah blah. But yeah, there's the the there's a um there's so many better books. There's so many better books that yeah, you could have put in that space. Yeah, okay. So James Vanderbeek dies, or no, James Vanderbeek's cousin dies after
4: they fight. Yeah. Um, well, a, I the, do want to point out because before that happens, one of the two things where I was like, okay, that was actually pretty cool, is um. I think it's synchronized. I can't remember. When oh, they all I, wake up. When they all stand up and uncork themselves simultaneously, it's like, alright, that's a that shot's actually pretty pretty nice.
1: I was it's, expecting you to see that. I was grasping at straws, like, dude. I, yeah, like as far as this movie goes, I can yes.
4: I said okay. here's the exact note. Kids standing and unhooking themselves is actually I wrote is actually some pretty dope shit. And then <laughs> you're gonna say dope. And then directly underneath it. However, the fight scene that follows immediately afterwards is weak as hell. Yeah, <laughs> the
5: fight scene sucks. Uh, his ex-wife sucks. When
4: estranged. Estranged wife.
5: His strange wife. It's just like, <laughs> I get it, where it's just like women are, you know, sometimes they don't understand. And she's like, you know, you turned your back on us. And he's like, I, I was in jail. I'm not allowed to, I'm
1: not allowed to come. I to was in jail know. in 1993. <laughs> it's yeah. not like there was email. Yeah.
4: I couldn't really contact you. I also have a note that just says, I just realized this movie put me in a comatose state (laughs) because I didn't write anything for like 20 minutes. I was just staring at the
1: TV. This might be the fewest – this might be the movie that I've done the fewest amount of notes because I'm just like, what? I can't make jokes about this. So let's talk about – I have this one scene that I wrote down. Wait, wait, wait. Before we go any further, so – James Vanderbeek runs to the house because they're awake. Yeah. And 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 he's like trying to save his uncle or something. And, his, and uncle, his head's been bashed in by a clock. Yeah. And then um his cousin gets he gets pushed out a window by the the Chad Groger. Chad Groger wannabe. Um and and then he doesn't die and they fight and then his neck gets snapped or something like that. And, or somebody kills the cousin and James, this is James Vanderbeek. He like bends over, touches the neck for a second, not even enough to get an actual
4: reading. And it's like, he's dead. And he
1: gets <laughs> up and walks away. I'm like, that's your cousin. Yeah. Like, you should uh, that's, care that's more blood.
4: You should care a lot more. Um, there's a scene that I wrote down that I just thought, I I wanted to talk about it because it was such a waste of two minutes. And it's the scene with the pastor being surrounded by the children because this is the scene. Oh my God. This is what it really feels like left behind. Yeah, because he gets surrounded by all the children and they're like, we got to go save the pastor. And then they kill the pastor. Yeah, the pastor dies and then they just go, we didn't play the pastor and then the movie just keeps on moving <laughs> but,
5: but the scene when they snap the pastor's neck and it's just that kind of long shot of the kid just sitting there the wide shot thats
1: actually a really good shot it's okay. it's it's like it should be in one of the better children of the corns yeah uh-huh. and i don't actually know what a good children of the corn is because i don't love the first one no. um it's kind of fun to watch in a nostalgic like okay i want to watch a 70s movie kind of thing mm-hmm. but i don't think i've ever really watched any of the other ones i've i've watched pieces on youtube
4: and i feel like the other ones just get more crazy
1: there's one there's a sweet part and i want to say it's number four i I don't know why that's coming to mind but there's a sweet part in one of them where um they talk about he who walks behind the rose and it's actually like a scarecrow monster thing it like burrows under the ground kind of like a tremor
4: oh you know i want to say that's in four is there a part because i don't think i've ever watched any but the first one but hose I remember the, the commercials, commercials a bunch. Is there like one where like a hose turns into a snake while it's like attached to a faucet or something? Or am I just thinking of the craft? Uh, no, that doesn't happen in the craft. <laughs> well, no, the, the snake's coming out of a faucet. Is that in the craft? Towards the very end when everything oh, getting shit. Oh, when she's
1: shit, Robin like, crazy. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what movie was it we, where we saw the dad? From the craft, and I, it took me like the entire episode oh, to. No, i to, I'm to have to try and remember what that movie was. So that's not uh, gonna happen. No, no, it's all right. um So here's a question. So first of all, we meet with Claire. I only know it's Claire because I wrote down her name. Claire and the guy. Claire is like the the zombie whisperer.
4: Yeah, yeah. You know, they do some. I don't know. They they have this whole scene where they introduce like eight people in and the hospital and, last and just kill than, them. Yeah, He's like yeah. there's there's so many unfulfilled thoughts in this movie. Yeah. Like, it's very... So, I've talked about it before, but there's a comic book called Axe Cop that yeah. was written by an eight-year-old kid. Like the yeah, eight-year-old. you talked about it. I think that that, that was,
1: like, year one you
4: talked yeah. about Axe Cop. So, Axe Cop was that... There was a comic book writer, and he he was talking to his, brother one, his little brother one time, and his little brother was going on and on about Axe Cop. So, he just took out a recorder and recorded his brother telling the story and then wrote the story verbatim as his brother told it and (laughs) animated it, and it became, like, this really popular, like, miniseries. So weird. Um... The thing that's great about Ax Cop is that if you've ever had any conversation with a child, you can tell that it's written by a child because so many ideas are presented and then immediately changed like right away like yeah. it's like Ax Cop had nowhere to go and then he remembered the secret passageway. Uh, it's like yeah. something like that. It's like the complete opposite of this. Yeah. yeah, like it's like someone was like I have all these ideas but I don't want to follow through with them. Maybe they <laughs> like, just didn't yeah. have the time, I don't know. Or the budget, they couldn't pay that many people Dude, to be on Dean set. Dean Wallace
1: is in this movie? What? Yeah, Dee Wallace is the mom who gets killed by the daughter in the church. Oh, and I love you, Dee Wallace. I love you to death. I got to meet her at Mania
4: in the spring. Sweetest, sweetest woman ever. But why was she in this? <laughs> there's only there's only one. Uh, I'm looking at my notes. There's only one like gore effect. That I think actually looks pretty decent. If it's the thing that I'm going to make a joke about, I'm going to be real mad at you. Is it when the kid gets shot and he's shirtless, so like he's laying on the ground, there's like constantly blood pulsating out of the bullet hole on his Mm, chest? I don't remember. I was like, I think it was because at that point I was just like, I can't believe that there's a thing that looks semi decent in this (laughs) movie. (laughs) Well, for me, what. the fake CGI
1: gunshot and smoke—they didn't even have a fucking squib or <laughs> or a blank. It's they literally had somebody put a hold a fake shotgun and just go bang, and then they had smoke <laughs> and and, and uh, a, a blast like after the in After Effects, like old
4: school After Effects. This is twelve-year-old After Effects. There's a scene that made me laugh my ass off though, where a character like. Cocks a gun and then just swings the gun like a bat at somebody's yeah. head. I was like, I believe what it's the-
1: because the gun was empty.
4: I don't know. I just to me, it I'm like, what the fuck is that. happening yeah, here? Yeah. It was like a Family Guy joke.
5: <laughs> <laughs> when when they broke Chad Kroger's leg. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, I have that note. Yeah. Yeah more than anyone has ever screamed in a from, horror movie from, from like an injury,
4: from a leg injury. I thought that his leg was ripped off with the level yeah, of yeah, screaming yeah, yeah. that was yeah. happening. He was like,
1: now's my time. Yeah. <laughs> he, so so when they're gonna reset it because somebody is a nurse of always, uh, is it bad? Is it real bad? Yes, guy.
4: This movie is real bad. It's what my note is. My last note, because that's we're at the point where I've done all of my notes. Just says I've never felt less about a movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't hate this movie. Yeah, I just I'm was like, so Man. blasé about it. Like <laughs> yeah. it does. It didn't fill me with
1: rage. Like the first ten minutes, I was like, "This is another hundred and thirty or another hour and thirty minutes of bullshit." But then I'm, I get into the pace of it, and I'm like, eh, "It's yeah. just so mediocre that I can't be but upset is, about it." This
4: is uh, coming soon to a convention here. You like (laughs) I bought this bad boy, and just like when I bought Wrong Turn Six, Wrong Turn Six, and the St. Francisville experiment, like this isn't even getting a single moment of sitting on my DVD shelf. This is going straight into the to sell box. Like,
1: okay, so I I enjoyed parts of St. Francisville. I was apologetic for making us watch it. I hated Wrong Turn Six. This movie didn't make me feel anything.
4: Yeah, that's just like. But I think that's what bothers me more is that. You know, I had gotten to a point where I was like, "We can talk about any movie. We're so good at this." And then we're i are watched- getting we're getting a relatively good episode out of this, but it's just like. You can tell that Brian got two hours of sleep yeah. in a car. And, well, and I'm like, because I'm like, man, we're doing really good. We we haven't had like a thirty minute episode in a really long time, guys. I think we're gonna be having a thirty minute episode <laughs> for the break. We're, we're gonna pack this shit full of uh, although we're at twenty five minutes, so we're actually and then we're
1: gonna do like a good twenty minutes of what we watched. Yeah,
4: We've, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll
1: backload it. Um, <laughs> so there was, uh, I don't know why I have this note, but I think that this is. The way I wanted to say it to you guys. What do you got there, body of Christ? You want some? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I think it was after D. Wallace gets murdered. Um, so, so it doesn't even matter. It, I, the, you know, um, in the, I think this is what my joke was. You know, in <laughs> Dennis the Menace. Yes. Yes. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, he's like the weird dude that's trying to kill Dennis like, the Menace. Yeah, he's eating an apple and he goes, he takes a bite and he sees that weird little kid with the, the cross eyes or whatever and goes, what do you got there, sport? And the kid holds up an apple. Oh, he's not eating the apple, the kid is. And he, he goes, what do you got there, sport? And the kid's going, goes, uh, apple? Um... <laughs> My friends and I used to say that all the time, but I think that that was the, what do you got there? It was like me doing my Christopher Lloyd impressions. So. I
4: haven't seen Dennis the Menace since
1: it came out on video, I Yeah, I saw that shit when
4: it came out on video. I was really excited because
1: I was like, oh, this will be fun. I was probably 10 or 11 or something. It's not fun. The no. only good part of it is that, and then when Christopher when – he- force feeds an entire can of beans to Christopher <laughs> Lloyd and he farts and it makes the campfire <laughs> blow which off. is
4: like a joke that's been done in every kid's movie from 1993
1: it never gets away. <laughs> like, no no even as I, I'm 35 that's I still you're like laughing explaining <laughs> yeah. the scene that's what it was like in the writer's room yeah yeah yeah. the 35 olds were like this is gonna be fucking great <laughs> uh, so the, so the priest that gets murdered in this in the plague. Mm-hmm. He has. Oh, they're
4: still in their souls too.
1: That's like a that's thing the that whole just point. Is like, they, yeah. He don't he, let them get my don't soul. Don't let them take me. But the, so he's like, I'm not ready. um This is the so the priest gets murdered. The kid puts his hand over the guy's eyes and then cracks his neck or something and he dies. And that's they've taken your soul. If they take you that way, I guess. I think it's murder is one thing, but taking your soul is when they get you in this yeah. the 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 gentle. Hands on effect. And that gave me a really weird, like, there's a Christian vibe to this movie, but it's so murky and it doesn't make any sense because are they saving them? Are they damning them to hell? I don't get it. Like, are they supposed to be angels? Are they demons? It doesn't matter. But that's so James Vanderbeek takes the piece of paper that he gets out of the dead priest's hand. And that's like supposed to be the explanation of what happened what's happening with the whole plague and um then he he (laughs) so it's him and his his estranged wife and they're surrounded by kids and he's like okay close your eyes and think of something that makes you happy and remember when we got married and and i'm like really you guys are estranged she doesn't she hates you. Yeah. yeah, it's not a happy moment. Yeah, 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 and and so um, he's just like,
4: remember all the things that I look for, like that yeah, I'm like, happy it about. Makes me happy. It's just like, like if, if I was, just like, like, I can see it in my mind. It's like if I was like sitting with Brian, I was like, all right, close your eyes. Remember all those times you talked to the guys from Five Iron Frenzy? <laughs> <laughs> all, of, all of those times that you went to comic book conventions and met cool celebrities. <laughs> like, I did none of those things. <laughs> and, and,
1: and Brian's like, "All right, all right, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to think about the first time I touched a boob last year." Uh,
5: <laughs> Matt, Matt, close your eyes. Remember that time that uh, I found that dime bag
1: in my pocket? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so he has the the wife close her eyes, and then the kids take him. And it's supposed to, like, the the score of this movie is awful. It's just atonal piano. It's basically like a monkey, like on a piano uh, it's it's so bad but you know the guy got
4: paid to do it which really frustrates me so there's like this question you don't know that it could have just been the cat that was running across the piano and like got it <laughs>
1: uh, uh, surprisingly no cat sounds in this movie none at all no, uh, the, the sound... cats
4: were the first to go he, okay, they, went, so, ca- they went into a cat tonic state I hate you oh uh, man Jeez. so that was the plague from 2006 <laughs>
1: anyway so so, uh <laughs> you should lose sh- your shit about a terrible joke. Uh. <laughs> All right, so so he gets taken, and he gives the the explanation in that paper to his his wife, and she goes to the house, and it's supposed to be idyllic. Like she gets away. And then all the kids come. But it's like, are they gonna take her
4: or are they gonna be like, Okay, you can live. Well then they just zoom in on the copy of Grapes of Wrath in the back kid's pocket and that's like your final shot. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. Mean like, I don't think I'm stupid. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the wiki page was no help for this movie. The wiki yeah. It's, it's a paragraph to, it's telling you the plot line, but it's like a pitch. Like the end like the end of the paragraph is like, Will they get out? Watch to find out. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> no, I don't I'm, luckily i no i paid to watch this yeah
1: i paid a dollar 99 on amazon or something
4: i paid about the same for shipping to watch this uh yeah thanks brian so that was the plague so the door's over there (laughs) i'll show myself out (laughs) hey guys we'll be right back at that episode in just a second but i wanted to take a couple minutes not even a minute less than a minute probably about 30 to 45 seconds, I believe, is the length of the instrumental that Scott reported that you're hearing underneath me. Scott's great. You should listen to all of his music. I just wanted to let you guys know that if you haven't already, head up over to patreon.com backslash HMN podcast. And if you are donating $5, you can listen to our new bonus episode. And it is on UHF. You can also listen to the back catalog of episodes. We're up to four Patreon bonus episodes now. We've talked about Turbo Kid and the Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, and the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man, and this month, as I've already said, UHF. Now, back to the episode.
0: What? My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for
2: you. Meanwhile, in New Jersey...
3: So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil in horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and ugh oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze?
0: My gaze at the males.
3: Hi-o! From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app.
4: Uh, do you guys watch anything? I went to a play. Ooh. You are Oh Shirt. I understand why you're like, man, I'm so excited to talk about what I
5: watched this week. Well, because, uh... My boss got me and Jay tickets to um, to
1: Rock of Ages. Okay. And Wait, Rock of Ages is like the 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 play that they made a movie with Tom Cruise in? Yeah, mm-hmm. which apparently
5: nice. is nothing like the movie.
1: Oh, well, the movie's yeah. great.
5: Okay, yeah. The play is very uh, self-aware. It's very like a parody oh. of Broadway. It's really, really funny. I was shocked at how funny it was. Love the mashups. And it was, it was an absolute cool experience because me and Jay, probably about 10% of the audience was between 20, uh, you know, late 20s and 30s, and the rest were in their like 40s and 50s. And um, we're in a very weird spot in our country, and, and I know there's a lot of upsetting, sad things that we see constantly, but to see uh, a room full of people that are in their 40s and 50s and, and two men kiss on stage getting a standing ovation like people wow. cheering it's like fucking awesome
1: that's pretty amazing yeah, I, yeah. I, you're right it's nothing like the movie <laughs> yeah
5: yeah no it's uh it was really it was a really really cool experience um so yeah i'm a play guy now so
1: nice so yeah. evil dead the musical is yeah. next yeah. J- well, time so you're like yeah. <laughs> you're like all right baby we went and
4: saw rock of ages now we're seeing *Evil Dude, Dead* the musical. The *Evil Dead* the Where musical is so fun, fun to see live. I really want to see it. It's it's worth it. Even if you just do like a small community theater screening, as long as they have a splatter zone, you're gonna have a good time. Oh yeah, I'm I'm not gonna yeah. do it unless there's a splatter zone. Um,
5: so I feel like an adult. Yeah, Jade. I see plays now. Leave the crust on my Peony and, and J. When you make
4: it, <laughs> crunchy peanut butter now too. We're uh, really straight. I got I got ripped a new one for the way I eat spaghetti yesterday by Scott and his wife. Oh God! Oh my God! Okay, so here's a fun
1: story. I'm um, excited for this. Uh, all right, so so. Um, the only other time Megan has ever seen Matt in real life was at Monster Mania last year, so 2017, and we were like, it was packed, and I knew it was going to be a mistake to have Megan come with, but she really wanted to support, because she's a great wife, and um, it was fun to have like a, um, you know, like we listened to podcasts together on the way there, and blah, blah, and. Um, she made our booth look great. Yeah, she did. And then we needed to get some food, and Matt got um, like
4: like a Chinese. Chinese. Yeah, you ordered Chinese. And
1: and you it took you like forty five minutes to eat this Chinese because it was like you were eating around the onions. <laughs> yes, you're eating, that's right. You were eating around the onions, and so um, Megan was like what are you doing? And, and, and you were like, I'm eating around the onions. And so it took him for fucking ever. And so I think that that like set the stage for Megan to be like, Matt eats like a baby. <laughs> and then, um, we were talking about spaghetti. And no, I no, said... no. So I was making raviolis last night and you said you don't like red sauce. Yeah. And, um, and Megan was like, really? And you were saying, oh, it's because of the gas reflux, blah, blah, blah. And so when I make spaghetti, I just put butter on it. And Megan and I just like bust out in laughter. Cause we're like, like a baby. Baby? Like, <laughs> Literally, it was too Simultaneously times. <laughs> they both said
5: it. I was <laughs> yeah, nothing I love more than to mock Matt for being a child, but I <laughs> fucking
1: love a good old bowl of buttered spaghetti. <laughs> when Megan comes back from volunteering today, I'm gonna tell her. She, so so I bought Megan a hotel room for tonight so that she wouldn't be around for the for the marathon. And um, <sighs> I'm so glad because she would be like what the fuck is my life? Like oh, I have both God. Kelly two, the two Kelly boys in the <laughs> you house. You think
4: that we were twins with the way that we have like similar things. Like Yeah. You also do the
1: thing where you make eye contact and then really, like, really quickly like turn your eyes. You're like, ha, uh, <laughs> we've known each other for years. Like, I mean, I, I haven't known eye Brian for years, difficult. Um yeah, so yeah. Anyway, so so we made fun of him, but then he enjoyed his dinner last night. It so was, it was very good. It was yeah. It, so maybe I'm one going day to we try can try to
4: get more garden chickens because the, the garden Gardeen. Well, I just like I assumed like a garden burger. I was like a garden chicken. Yeah, garden chicken Gardein strips. Chicken. I
1: asked him if he had enough good boy points to uh, to have to have some chicken strips, and he um, like did a little hand <laughs> thing, like he was a good boy. Um,
4: <laughs> uh, so, the, how the fuck did we even get on this? I don't know. Well, Brian made a joke about pasta. Your dog is getting tied up into cables. Um, so, uh, I watched. In the theaters, I haven't been to a theater in a bit. But I went to the theaters and I saw Tag, and it uh, was yeah. okay. <laughs> it was it was absolutely okay. As I think it's, how you it, said it when in it, the. I mean, the best way to describe it is if you're a fan of the first Hangover, if you're a fan of the first Hot Tub Time Machine, then you will be a fan of Tag. Like it's a super. I loved the first Hot
1: yeah. Tub Time Machine, but I have no interest in watching Tag. Tag... And it's even got it's even got um, my boy in it.
4: Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's basically one of those movies, and I compare it to those movies because they are movies that, all in all, the plot lines to Hot Tub Time Machine and Hangover are fairly stupid. But the reason that they're... Hot Tub Time Machine's really funny. Yeah, but the reason that they're funny is just listening to three or four really funny people have really funny conversations that are situational to what's going on. So the actual game of tag aspect of tag is whatever, but when it's like, when they're in the quote-unquote war room... Where like they all hang out and have conversations while they're high, like that is where they just like Hannibal Burgess and John Hamm and Ed Helms are just riffing and improvising off of each other, and it's fucking hysterical. They're like all really fun, yeah. Like that stuff is like what makes that movie worth watching is just the crazy conversations. There's a there's one line in that movie that I laughed so hard I thought I was going to actually vomit, and it's. <laughs> There's no way to talk about that line without spoiling like, yes, a big I twist don't, in the movie. Don't... Uh, but, don't, don't. holy shit. Like, I can't wait until people have seen that movie and we can start using that quote in, like, day-to-day vernacular because it's so goddamn funny. <laughs> do you think funny. that I could just watch that scene and laugh? Uh, It's a really uncomfortable scene and that's why the oh, final punchline yeah. is so funny. I don't do that shit. Yeah. I don't like wedding
1: crashers. don't like... I mean, I liked old school when it came out, but, like, that that... We talked about that when you were talking about Arrested Development season four, right, yeah. a couple weeks ago, where I just feel like
4: I'm at the point in my life where life is embarrassing and awkward enough. Well, that's – but the, I don't mean that it's embarrassing. It's it's not that it's awkward. It's that it goes really dark. Like, it's a dark joke, and that's what became, like, super – like, I'm like, oh, I can't believe they're going here. Like And it, like, was really – and then they get to the punchline. I'm like, okay. Okay, I, I'm cool with this, I guess. But it's like one of those things where, every once in a while, I'm like, oh, like I'm like, man, I'm gonna show this movie to everybody, and then like a certain scene it comes untagged. up, and then I'm like, oh, the movie tag, yeah, okay. Like I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can show this to people now. <laughs> I'm um, see it, sure. yeah, it's I. You will love it, and I actually think Scott will enjoy it, but it would be like a one and done for him. Like you'd oh, yeah. be like, oh, it's on Netflix, I'll watch it. And
5: <laughs> I didn't want to like that one guy's other movie, but I found it really funny. The what? Let's be cops. Let's be cops was much funnier than it had any. I
4: hadn't remaining. seen it yet, so I got to see. Yeah, that. Yeah,
5: it's surprisingly a pretty funny movie.
4: Let's be cops. Yeah, I remember from a couple years ago. They I can't just remember anything about. It. To be cops.
1: Wait, what was that dirty <laughs> w- that dirty work joke that you guys were just talking about? Oh, hello, uh, real, real cops. cops? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's that's all I've got. <laughs> all right, I got a couple things I want to talk of course about. You do. <laughs> um, I, uh, I mean, I'm going to keep it keep it real. All right. So, um, we were in the car. We went to go get a couple things, um, including. Uh, charcoal briquettes and after you saw the Dahmer house and uh, because that's how we roll and (laughs) and, um, I said Brian were you did you ask if either of us had watched house of a thousand corpses recently yes all right and I said no but I put it on my list for the podcast and you were like and Matt was like really I saw he was like I saw that I didn't understand why and I said oh because Oh, I didn't tell you why. Oh, no, we no. got sidetracked. Okay, so I I watched Lords of Salem, I, I, and I, I feel like you said something about it a couple weeks ago. Maybe in an off I compared comment. it to
5: um, a scene in Silent Night, Deadly Night Four.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so, a reach. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know what. I, I'm assuming it has something to do with the mm-hmm. the like Harlequin baby. Or something. It was just about
5: like the owner of the shop that she was she trusted the library and
1: then like oh they're all witches oh yeah they're yeah all they're witches. all witches yeah okay yeah, yeah yeah so Lords of Salem is super mediocre Such like an it, movie. It, it Sherry Moon actually is not hateable you know like I don't like Sherry Moon um, I don't think that she's a particularly good actress no. but i think that that is her least bombastic character that she's ever done and i i don't know that movie is a hot mess as yeah. far as like the logic so
4: the best description i ever heard of lords of salem was elric on shockwaves, shockwaves where he said it's not a good movie but when i watch it it makes me think if this was like a rare film from the 70s that I rented as a kid in the 90s, it would be like one of my favorite movies. But that's like, what Rob Zombie tries, yeah, to, does like time, tries right? to do every time. That's what he tries to do every time. But I think that this was the most successful he's done at making a film that actually does just feel it like a garbagey like 70s film and
5: but I, that's actually why i brought up house of a thousand corpses but i'll
4: let you okay yeah we'll, we'll eventually we'll
1: discuss house of a thousand corpses I, I i do think that it's time for me to revisit that it's been like a good decade i think it's time um, i mean i'm sure we can get a good episode we can get a great <laughs> episode out of the last five minutes of that movie yeah. like uh, minimum so um Lords of salem was kind of cool i think that they actually did film it on location in salem because i recognized a couple spots. I don't know if they did the whole thing there, but I, the, there's um, there's a statue. It's like a bronze statue that she walks by in one scene. I'm like, yeah, that's, I'm almost positive that I've walked past that because I grew up um, visiting uh, that area of, mm-hmm. of of like Massachusetts and New Hampshire and things like that as a kid every summer. And we would go to Salem all the time, like Megan and I, for our one year anniversary, wedding anniversary. We went up to Salem because she's awesome and spooky, and we went mm-hmm. to like um, the witch houses and we went to the um, the, the 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 jail, Salem is a really really cool city, and it's yeah, still feels go. like a small time, a small town like New England town like um, a Stephen King movie could or book could actually happen in Salem still, even though it's pretty touristy. Yeah, but um, yeah, don't go in October. It's really really packed in October. But yeah, Lords of Salem not terrible. I feel like there were a lot of cool visuals, but the concepts were just. He was throwing shit at a wall. I think he's just like, I want... It it was like he wanted to do a music video and a movie. Or like four music videos and a movie.
5: That was like, honestly, the only thing I really liked about it was the one music video scene where it's just like, there's even like a claymation scene. I think it's when she's being sacrificed. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. That's near the end. Matt, Matt (laughs) Matt keeps putting Brian... Brian, like... Gets further and further away like this. And then Matt puts his hand on his shoulder and he just comes back like real slow. So it seems like it's just kind of like an LFO you, sound that we got. you can't
4: hear yourself in the headphones, it's not recording.
1: <laughs>
5: uh,
4: this just. I
5: mean, I'm used to this.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, Lord of the <laughs> Salem, mediocre at best. I will never watch it again, but I'm glad that I watched it so that I had some sort of feeling about his... Uh, besides his... like, Because I've seen... Thousands of corpses. I saw Devil's Rejects in theaters and hated it. Um, I saw really? Halloween and Halloween 2 in theaters. was very disappointed.
4: I, and I feel like Lords of Salem is that type of movie where you watch it and even though you don't like it, you're kind of like, I wish Rob Zombie made more movies like this. Like, right. like it takes more chances to do things like this and less... 31 <laughs> and yeah. Halloween movies.
5: Well, the theory behind 31 was it was just like a... He has to make I, something because he lost the the Flyers Yeah, it's movie. like, I want to make this movie. And they're like, no. And you're like, all
1: right, fine. You want a fucking horror movie? Here's a fucking horror movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, and I want to talk about one other movie that I watched. Um, Dagon from 2001. Oh, nice. Yeah. Have you guys seen it? I've mm-hmm. seen it. Okay. I watched it. I started watching it because I thought... You know, I bet that we could get a good episode out of it because it's a Stuart Gordon movie and it's H.P. Lovecraft and it's not ever going to be discussed on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is so He's, mediocre. Yeah, it's not a great movie. but it's, No. It's,
4: and Mick Garris was – I don't think that I he was think, involved with it, but he was talking about it. Maybe it was when a he lot had of people, Stuart Gordon on. A lot of people like that movie not I, – I think people like the movie not because it's a good movie. I think a lot of people feel like if you're a fan of H.P. Lovecraft, it's the one that feels the most accurate to like his tone. I guess that... This is going to gonna make me sound like a It real, sucks because the we have that anthology rule, which I still stand by. But I would, I would love, love to do Necronomicon. Anomicon. It is yeah. a really, really good <laughs> like, movie. Yeah.
1: It, and it's got Jeffy Combs in it with and, a prosthetic nose.
4: <laughs> have I talked about it on You've the You've talked about it on the podcast. And would, then I bought a bootleg of it at I would absolutely – And I was like, man, this movie's so. Yeah, good. I would absolutely That's talk like that. like one of the best anthology films out there. And like, no one talks about it. Yeah. i have never seen it. It's.
1: Yeah. It, we'll save it because I feel like we'll be able to figure out a way to work it into an episode. Well, one full month, we'll just do each oh, story. <laughs> I bet we can get an episode out of each one because I, Necronomicon really feels like the the tone that that Lovecraft stuff did. Um, I feel like Dagon looks it, it. It doesn't have the tone, in my opinion. It doesn't yeah. have the tone because a lot of what Lovecraft does is um, existential horror, so it's kind of like. He doesn't talk about the way a monster looks. Like Clive Barker did that shit too, which always bugged me as a kid because I didn't read Lovecraft until I was in high school. But in junior high and like fifth grade or whatever, I started reading some Clive Barker and he would always be like, oh, it was too horrible to imagine kind of thing. And it's a very Lovecraftian thing. Um, Lovecraft does it because it's basically like you see these creatures that break your brain and it's about like nothing you do can stop... There are forces at play that humans try to stop, but you cannot. The, so Dagon is based on The Shadow Over Innsmouth, I believe. And it's um, – because Dagon is an actual short story. It's one of his first short stories. The Shadow Over Innsmouth is a much different story, and it's much more about, like, the cultists of Dagon. And um, I I feel like the movie follows the storyline pretty well from what I remember because it's been a long time since I've read that. I just read Dagon. Because at an estate sale, I found a bunch of these 1960s um, collections of his short stories outside of the Cthulhu mythos, because Dagon actually lives outside of it. Like Dagon is separate from Cthulhu, but um, I think that. Shadabur Innsmouth with the cultists and things like that, it's more about like human horrors where they're being turned into monsters and these, cre- these characters are trying to like run away and save themselves. It's not about it, um, in Dagon and in things like at the Mountain of Madness and, and um, the Color Out of Space. Uh, which was very, very loosely turned into the curse. Okay. You know, the curse, the original one. Yeah. Um, that is very, very, very loose reference to the, the Will Sh-
4: Wheaton movie. Will Wheaton. <laughs> the
1: the Color Out of Space is the what was the influence for that. But those movies are more about like these there are forces at play and you're just a victim. Whereas with their cultists, things like Shadow of Ensmouth, it's more you're trying to save yourself from the cultists and you're not really worried about the world at large. And that's why I think people like Dagon because it's more about that. Makes but sense. it doesn't really feel like a lovecraft to me because the Lovecraft stuff always feels like existential where nothing you do matters because the world is going to eventually get consumed and, and everyone's going to go insane when one of the elder gods comes from his sleeping extra <laughs> cosmic <laughs> resting but ble- you know shit like that. So anyway, if if people think that we're uncultured for not having read The Grapes of Wrath the whole way through, there you go. I've read a bunch of H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> we just jammed out some H.P. Lovecraft um books. So fuck y'all.
5: Yeah. H.P. Lovecraft and plays and buttered spaghetti. <laughs> we are cultured. <laughs>
4: Well, that was The Plague from 2006, as picked by Brian. Uh, we know what Brian's next pick is, and I'm kind of excited I for I am it. not against it, because it's very topical. <laughs> yeah, it's topical. It's, it's going to be fun. Um, so, that's not going to be for a bit, though. So, uh... Don't forget to send us some emails because uh, we're just like a week or two away from listener submit it month. Uh, we've got some really oh, good things boy. in the run and yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited this month. Usually I dread these. But
1: <laughs> it's because people don't, people are like, oh, you guys like bad movies? Here's a piece of shit. And we learned our lesson.
4: Yeah. we Wrong turn six. <laughs> yeah. Wrong turn six is what happens. <laughs> but Jack um, is a very sweet guy, so uh, he, but, he's, a, oh, he's sorry. He's great. Uh, so feel free to email us at podcast at gmail.com feel free to check out our website at hmnpodcast.com and you know hit up the Patreon we've got at this point uh we don't know what we have a pretty good idea of what the uh, Patreon episode is, um, and you'll hear the advertisement in the middle of this episode anyway. But you can check out the Turbo Kid episode, you can check out the Buckaroo Bonzai, the controversial Buckaroo Bonzai <laughs> episode, uh, and you can check out our Wicker Man episode on there. And uh, we've gonna we're probably gonna have one or two maybe like little special Patreon only bonus episodes in the future. So nice, stay tuned. It's gonna be a really good time, and we will be back next week with one of my picks uh, and Scott was not happy with it. So we'll see how that goes for me. Usually poorly.
3: You're listening to the Geekscape Network.
0: At maximum mediocrity, people say things like...
1: I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not...
0: And they also say things like... The the nurses are usually either... Angels of Mercy or Horse. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous but should be. Why am I f- facing Floyd Mayweather in the f- woods? My co host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting
2: for you. Meanwhile, in New Jersey,
3: Hi! From feminism to fangirling, The Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.